My divorce was really scary. And the first thing I did when I moved out is I, I was like, yes, I'm gonna sign up for college. Like I always just wanted all these degrees. Oh. And I knew I wanted to do something in health and fitness, like health and nutrition, but I didn't know what. And I was like, I, you know, I'm just gonna start. So college really saved me. Hey everybody, this is Anthony for a new episode of Your Brothers Podcast. Today, my guest is Sarah Lohman, CEO and founder of Coach Sarah Joy. Sarah is a certified transformational coach, uh, nutritional coach, and a thyroid expert. She helps women battling with thyroid issues by helping them go to the root cause of the problem. By doing that, she helps them restore their energy level, find emotional and spiritual peace, lose weight, eat properly, and rewrite their happiness story. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. So today is a is a great day. So we have this beautiful hour together. Yes. And uh, when we first met, I was very fascinated by your story. I think you have a, an amazing, inspiring personal story. So the show is mostly about life transition from employees to entrepreneur. But I know you have like a, a rocky road. So let's go just back in time and maybe start to speak about when your life was just average, just mediocre. Maybe you were feeling stuck in, in your relationship, in your career. And how did you have this inspiration to start taking action on your real dreams? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that you're featuring people like this that had just go from like working and average life to like full entrepreneurial situation because <laughs> Ooh, yeah, like you said, I've had a crazy uh, transition and I am excited to share all of it with you. Well, as much as I can. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm 42. And so I want to take you back to 2008 when I was when I was, I think, 28 years old. Um, I'm not that great with numbers and math, but who cares? <laughs> so 2008 was very similar to what is going on right now in the economy. It was just, well, it was like really, really good, right? Everything was just great. And I was, I was kind of newly married. I've been married for like a couple, maybe three, four years. Yeah. I think my son was around four at the time. And I was just doing what all young married people do, you know, just working and raising my baby and being yeah. married. And, um, then like the whole world changed overnight. It's like I woke up and my husband, who was um, the highest paid technician at his job at the time, he was just fired. And all of a sudden, like all the men in my whole neighborhood were just fired. <laughs> and I, I, at the time, I lived in a very like blue collar community and all, of, all the men worked in construction. So mm -hmm. that was like the big thing that happened in 2008 was like the housing crash, the, yeah. the like new home building crash. And so um, it was like all of a sudden there was just all these guys just hanging out, drinking beer all day long on my driveway. Mm -hmm. Really? And I was still, I was working as a receiving manager for like a big retail company and they forced me, they forced all of us from like 40 hours a week to 25 hours a week, took away our benefits, our vacation, 401k, everything, and still said, okay, you're, and you're expected to do your, like your job still and half the mm -hmm. time with half the benefits. It was really a hard time. I mean, just from that aspect, right? Yeah. And then just like a couple weeks into this nightmare where, you know, it was like, 
raging parties in my neighborhood all day long while I'm just trying to work and be a mom. Um, my house, I woke up to a, a notice on my door, my front door, that my house was going up for auction. So we really? found out, yeah, we found out that the landlords had um, two young brothers who are real estate investors. They used, they, our house was their investment property mm -hmm. and they decided to let it go, still collect rent and not tell us. Whoa. So, mm -hmm, yeah, it was, it was a smack and it was, it was just Ouch. like one massive blow after another. Yeah. And my husband and all of these guys were literally just like drunk from the time they woke up from the time they went to bed and my husband started making some really poor decisions and next thing i know um he's acting kind of funny and i could tell so i was curious and i locked i looked in his phone and i noticed everything was erased and like all the signs started to show that he mm. was having an affair yeah and so i confronted him and he denied it, even though I could tell because women can just tell. <laughs> so I had to look at his, I, I looked at our phone bill and I saw everything and I called the number, she answered and it was confirmed. So this all happened and over like the space of 30 days too, like oh, really? job lost, house lost, husband's cheating, Jeez. like slam, 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 right? Uh -huh. Triple slam. So <laughs> yeah. And I'm just here like getting up, going to work, you know, being a mom, like that's it. So I was devastated, like super, super, super heartbroken. I, I literally never thought he would do that to me. I knew he liked to party and have fun, and that was hard enough to deal with. But this level of betrayal was, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. So I packed up our whole house. I told him, I'm done. Um, you know, we didn't have a, a house to live in, you know, much longer anyway. So yeah. I put our whole house in storage, and I moved in with his parents. And he decided to um, continue to sleep with other people. And he went and got an apartment with this new girl. Mm -hmm. So pretty much I cried all day, every day. And I was just devastated. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. And um, I had to live with uh, angry music on in my ears. Like the bands like uh, Kill Switch and Gage and, you know, very angry music just to be able to make it through my day without sobbing and crying mm -hmm. all day long. And um so after about three months of him, no, maybe six months of him literally living with another woman and he was still trying to like act like he wanted to work things out with me. And I was like, dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's you know, not gonna work with me. Yeah. So um, I told my mom she flew in for my birthday and the girl he moved in with had the same birthday as me, which is like another smack in the face. I was like, I'm going to, I need to file for divorce. I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not doing this. And my mom was like, are you sure you want to do that to your son? You know, like, could you imagine your son going over to his environment and like what he's going to be exposed to and around and you have no control over that. And it like kind of like really scared the crap out of me to think about all of this. So it was a really like horrible feeling in my heart. The idea of like trying to work it out with him and get back together with him. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of moms have gone through this where it's like, I felt obligated to doing this to save my child, you know, mm, or like yeah. protect my child. Yeah. So um, I'd already started sustaining a lot of hair loss during this time. Uh, my hair was falling out in like clumps and I'd mm. lost, I'm five, nine and I'm naturally just, I'm just genetically thin. My family is. Yeah. So I lost 35 pounds because I couldn't eat and I was like, just 
a shell of a human. Mm -hmm. I was like mm -hmm. 117 pounds when I was normally like, you know, maybe 140. Yeah. And um, I just looked awful. I felt awful. And now it was like I had to go against everything in my soul and actually try to like win him back. <laughs> and it felt awful. And it felt really sleazy. And it, there was just a lot of really terrible things that I had to endure and a lot of very traumatic things I had to endure through this process. But in the long run, after he manipulated $2,000 toolbox out of me, um, he moved back in and taking him back was, um, was kind of like the first blow now looking back to my, my spiritual health. Yeah. And so it was about six months after he moved back in and I just tried to literally push everything aside, ignore it and move forward. Um, I started getting mystery symptoms. I was getting like these pains in my arms, pains in my kneecaps, like all this weird pain. And um, that started for a little while for like a week, week or two. And then it went into like this fatigue I'd never felt before. And I honestly thought it was my job. And I was like, mm -hmm. so I had no benefits. Remember, they took them away from us. Yeah. So I, my friend was um, the manager. We were both managers. And I was like, I think I need a workman's comp this to the urgent care and like see what's up. Because it was really, really painful. And so I go to the urgent care and I'm telling the doctor and he's like, let's check your thyroid. And I was like, what? You know, like, what is this guy talking about? So I go down the hall and I get my blood drawn, most painful blood draw I have ever experienced. I was cussing and screaming at the girl because it was so painful, Ooh. which set the stage for panic attacks every single time I went to the lab over the next 10 years, which was constant. So mm. it was like, that's a whole nother thing. And um, and so the 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 results come back and this doctor just very cocky, very like non sympathetic. He was like, well, it looks like you have hypothyroidism. Um, follow up with your primary care to doctor and doctor and go get some medication. And I, I remember that whole moment, like slow motion. I don't know. There's this really popular movie here in the States. It's called Sandlot, the Sandlot. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's no. this movie where this guy, he says in slow motion, um, he says these words and it goes like forever and it's like this <laughs> whole scene. I'll have to text it to you after so you can see. Yeah, sure. It was like, it was like the whole room just went into slow motion because I mm. was in shock. I went into shock when he started talking to me, which this is very, very normal when you, when women, when people are given a diagnosis, this is why we have to have a medical advocate with us at all yeah. times. Yeah. And so he was like, you have hypothyroidism. And I remember I was sitting on the crunchy paper, you know, it was like crunchy. Yeah. And I was like squeezing the table with my hands and I could hear the paper crunching, but it was like all slow motion. And then he just basically gets up and walks out. And I'm just like, what just happened? You know, sitting there and it made me start crying. I'm just sitting in this room on the crunchy paper in my work uniform, feeling terrible, bawling my eyes out. Yeah. And so after a few minutes, I'm like, well, I, I guess I better leave. <laughs> so <laughs> I get up, literally just walk out the door. Yeah, I get in the truck and I just cry myself home. I was so tired. I went to go get in the bath. And so I was like, you know, pity party, scared, depressed, like all the feelings. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And um I remember I was so fatigued when I got in that bath. I, I, I almost feel like I couldn't pull myself out. And I, I was literally in the bathtub going, oh, my gosh, I don't have I'm like stuck. 
like, I don't have any energy to get out right now. How do I get mm-hmm. out of the path? And I was like calling for my son's help. I was like, Tyler, you know, like come help me out, even though I know it was weird, but no one else was home. And I was thinking he could hand me a towel and maybe help pull me yeah. out or something. But so that was the beginning. That was my first diagnosis. And mm. um, so that was about 2009. And I thought, so the next morning I called back and I was like, you know, the doctor is supposed to give me medication. I don't have any. I don't have a primary. What can I do? And this new nice doctor got on the phone and he's like, okay, I'll send it over. What's your pharmacy? I drove down $20 later, picked up this pill. And they're like, hey, here's your, um, here's your armor thyroid. Take this every morning. Go blood test with a new doctor in six weeks to see how it worked, basically. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So all this whole new world opened up that I'd never ever and like been in of like being medically managed, having a medication that needs to be managed, having needing a doctor and like all this stuff, this scary stuff. And I didn't have any, you know, insurance. So I didn't know what to do. I was yeah. so young and naive. And so this started like this huge, massive, miserable roller coaster of medical just bullshit, basically. Mm. And so over the next eight years, eight years straight, I just started, um, I just got sicker as the years went on. I was sicker and sicker. It was like, I, I, I started getting memory loss and brain fog and constipation and bloating. And then I, I was like, I could no longer tolerate the sun. I was getting heat stroke really easily. And then I was freezing all the time and it was, I just felt like my body was just completely falling apart. And I was only like 30, 31, 32, you know, I was young. Yeah. And um, I I was hiring like uh, cash patient doctors and they were like, don't eat bananas. And then one guy's like, take iodine. And one guy's like, don't take iodine. And one guy's like, get off your birth control. And I, it was so horrible. And like everyone had a different story. And um you really feel lost and you really feel gaslighted. And um, so I ended up getting Medi-Cal, which was like not helpful even more because <laughs> they are they, like, I remember the doctor was like on our first introduction. He's like, if you're here to get pain medication, I just want you to know you can leave right now. And I was like, I have a thyroid illness. <laughs> and he was like, okay, you can stay. And I was like, dang. Nice entrance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wow, okay, welcome to Medi-Cal. So basically, the story goes um, down this path where it was like, I was getting sicker, my marriage was still getting worse. I had another episode where I was like, I ended up calling the cops on him. And, you know, I moved out, I got my own place, you know, because it went into some physical abuse. And there was alcoholism, there was physical abuse. And I was so unhappy in my my life i'll never forget this day that i was sitting on the bed because i i love music i love loud music and especially like bass like it does something for my soul Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you've ever heard of this band is um it's called um swedish house mafia of course i was an edm fan back in the days oh awesome okay so you know their song don't worry child i cried on this song many times Oh my gosh. Okay. So you totally understand. Yeah. So I was sitting on the edge of my bed one day and I just felt awful. Like every day I just felt awful. And I had that song on really, really loud. And uh, my story always makes me cry still. 
And, um, you know, the part where it says, um, and the father says, don't you worry, child. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's okay. I always, it always touches my heart. It says, yeah. heaven's got a plan for you. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. I have goosebumps right now. I, I know, always... right? Yeah. And I used to cry and like, say like, what is my plan? Heaven, what is it? This can't be it. Like, what is my plan? Sorry, it always chokes me up. It's okay. It's okay, Sarah. And so I just remember I I wanted to go to school. I had all these things I, I felt like in my soul. Like I knew I was meant for more, but I didn't know what. All I knew is I was sick. I hated my husband. <laughs> I hated my in-laws. I hated my, I lived with my in-laws still. <laughs> I never moved out after I moved in. Yeah. And um I was not the mom I wanted to be. It was just like everything in my life was just wrong. And um, so in 2015, I'd gotten to like the breaking point of my illness where it was like my anxiety attacks, my anxiety and my fatigue were like at the height to the point where like when I would go to work, I would have anxiety attacks and I couldn't even talk to customers. I literally couldn't mm -hmm. even do my job. Yeah. And I was just like a mess. And so I begged my doctor, I went and I begged him to take me out on disability. And he was like, you're just stressed. <laughs> you're just anxious. You know, that he just wanted to put me on anxiety or Xanax, you know, be like, yeah, the easy way. Yeah. And this is the, just so you know, for women that are sick with thyroid illness, this is the number one way we get gaslighted. Like, uh -huh. oh, oh, you're just this. I go see a therapist and I'm like, so he was like, uh, I'll consider taking you out on disability, but you need to go see a therapist. And I'm like, fine. I was angry because I was too weak to even turn the steering wheel. I had to have, have someone drive me. And it was hard for me to even walk for the car to the doctor's office because I was so weak. So I'm sitting in this lady's office, like angry. I'm there because I thought it was stupid. And next thing I know, she wants to talk about my marriage. And I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not talking about that with you. I'm not because I know I know what shrinks will do to you if you start opening up the truth about like a yeah. dysfunctional marriage. And I was like, no, it's none of your business. And that's how, not not why I'm here. She wouldn't let up. She would not let up. And she's like, tell me about your husband. Tell me about your marriage. And I was like, Ugh. so I started like giving her little pieces and she was picking up on all of it. And I didn't want her to. I didn't want to talk about it. And I remember in this, I remember in this moment with her when she was, un, you know, dragging the truth out of me of how unhappy I was. I said to her like, like a, like a sarcastic comment, like, you know, I'm just waiting for my man, for my, my white, my knight on a white horse, you know, yes. to come in and rescue me. And she's like, honey, that doesn't exist. You know, and she mocked me and I was like, why not? And she was like, no. And so it was like, I, I got through this whole session and she like approved my disability because I, I got, I, I was able to convince, convey to her like this, I'm just temporarily sick. This is what's mm -hmm. going on. I may be temporarily depressed because this is what's going on, yeah. but this is not who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And so my disability got approved and I took every dime that the state gave me and I put it to a functional medicine doctor. She told me a lot of things that were wrong with me. She's like, you have Epstein-Barr virus. You are not absorbing any of your nutrients. 
And um, so she got a lot of answers, but like she didn't really know what she was looking for because that's what happens to women that have autoimmune conditions. It's kind of just like a shot in the dark, usually. Like, mm -hmm. well, you have high antibodies, which shows that your body's attacking yourself, which I don't believe. And I'll tell you why later. Um, and so she was cool, but like, didn't, she still didn't like really move the needle of getting me better. It was like, she was giving me vitamin pushes and B12 shots. And she started asking me, how's your marriage? And she was like a kinder and gentler woman. And I was paying her to work with her. So I actually opened up a little bit to her. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. She says to me, I don't know why I was so shocked. She says to me as she's like literally pushing vitamins in my arms, like with a needle, she's like, honey, I'm going to get you better so you can leave him. And I remember I was like, whoa, what? That's a big statement. Yeah, I know. And I was taken back and I was like, leave him because I wasn't at, I wasn't ready to leave him. And I remember thinking, well, my plan was to leave him when my son was 18. <laughs> no, I was just going to suffer until I was 18. Mm -hmm. And after all of that didn't work, this one day I was like rock bottom. So I called this guy from, from my church and I was like, I was like, Sean, I really need your help. And he was like, what's up? And he was an acupuncture school mm -hmm. studying Chinese medicine. So we had just like this connection, even though this was before I was coach, like anything. And I said, Sean, I need you to pray for me. And he was like, yeah, sure. Like tonight can he's like, come over at seven, I get home. And I'm like, can I bring Ashley? And so your wife can, you know, watch her. And he's like, of course. So me and my daughter go over there. Yes, I had another child in between all of this, which was a high risk pregnancy. And it was a nightmare. But I won't get into that. Um, so I go over and um, me and Sean are in the living room and he's like, what's going on? And I told him everything and I'm just like sobbing and I'm like, I'm so sick. I don't know what to do. Nothing's working. And he's, he's like, okay, let's pray. So we fold our arms and close our eyes and he just starts praying and he's praying for me. And he said in the prayer that I was spiritually sick. And that was like the big message that came through was mm -hmm. severe, like spiritual sickness. And, you know, it was so in my face, but I was denying and hiding from everything that all these things were, you know, all these things were coming at me and I, I wasn't connecting the dots. So even when I heard this, I was like, what, <laughs> you know, like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And it took me years to understand look back and understand what that meant after i you know i think it's like when you're in the situation you can't see you know you're blinded no. so after working with this lady and exhausting thousands thousands of dollars with no change in my health i was done i gave up and i remember i had literally said out loud i can't do this anymore just take me fine you can kill me you can kill me from thyroid cancer whatever, you know? And I was like 35, 34, you know, I had two young kids and I was already like succumbing to death because I was so sick. Mm. So it was around this exact same period that my brother getting choked up, my brother who'd been in prison for 10 years, he got released. We are, we, we have always been the bestest of friends. I think we've lived many lives together, you know, like our bond was abnormally close. And um, I was so happy he was back. 
but my husband hated him, didn't want him around me, didn't want him around my kids, and caused a lot of problems when all I wanted desperately was just be with him and spend time with him. And so he would he would fight me and stop me, and I would basically just say, like, screw you, I'm going to see my brother. Um, so over the period of the next year, I only got to see him twice, and he was um, – he was locked up for a little bit of methamphetamine, mm -hmm. uh, possession in a fight. He broke a guy's nose. My brother was a beast. He was six foot eight. Oh. Full, yeah, full upper body, like tats, like prison tats. Uh-huh. I wonder if I could show you. Let me grab a picture really fast. Yeah, why not? So, show me the beast. Well, this beast. isn't his full body, but this was one of the times that we got to hang out. Oh, the light. Oh, yeah, I can see. So that's him and my son making yeah. some silly yeah, faces. Uh-huh. But he yeah, was he, he, Yeah, so he was um like like so good at sports. Um worked out, huge arms, amazing guy. And um so he was so mad at me that my husband that my you know, my like he couldn't see me. We we just been separated for 10 years and I'd been through so much stuff trying to help him and and make it through prison, make it out alive and it was amazing he did because they tried to kill him twice while he was in there. So he got his life together really quick. And I was so proud of him. He had a girlfriend. He had a house. You know, like he had all this stuff. And I thought he was doing good. And I was just laying in bed sick, you know, sad for myself. And he was, I thought he was great. Until one day I get a call from his friend and his friend was like, your brother's back on drugs. And I was like, no. And I'm like, no, because I've been through this with him. And mm -hmm. anytime he was on drugs, he ended up in prison like within two weeks. And he was a two striker, which in California, if you get three strikes, you're a lifer. Mm -hmm. And so I was terrified. So I started making the calls. I called his girlfriend. I called him. I'm like, what's going on? And his girlfriend was like, he's been acting funny the past two weeks. I think he is on drugs. So I call him and he's telling me, he's like, I can't keep up with my work because he was also diagnosed with a thyroid condition when he was mm -hmm. in prison. And that was part of the reason why I gave up because I was like, well, it must run in my family. I'm genetically screwed, right? Like, yeah. what's, you know? And so he was like, I'm tired. He's like, I have to work 14 hour days. I install air conditioning. I'm tired. And I'm like, and he's like, I, you know, I need energy. So he turned back to drugs mm -hmm. for energy. But then I found out, you know, later that he'd also met this girl who was a doctor shopper for opium, like opioids, pain pills. Yeah. Yeah. And he, she'd got him addicted to pain pills. Mm. So literally I call my brother and I instantly, when he answers the phone, I can tell he's high. And I'm like, what are you doing, Trent? What are you doing? And he was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. He always acted like he had everything under control. He's very egotistical and confident. And um, and so me and his girlfriend put a plan together to tell him that he better go to rehab or we or she was going to break up with him and kick him out, you know, mm -hmm. try to just use it as like leverage. Yeah. So she did it and she kicked him out and it didn't work. He was just stubborn and he just went back to his place. And we're like, crap, what are we going to do? <laughs> so I call. So he called me. Cause she broke up with him and kicked him out and he was like this is your fault and he was so mad at me and he cussed me out which this was not normal like he did not treat me like this i could tell yeah. he was he was on drugs and and 
his last words to me were, you are not my sister anymore. And then he hung up on me and I was bawling, you know, I was so scared and so upset. And then he, he wouldn't text me back. He wouldn't call me back. He was ignoring me. So I went to bed. I couldn't sleep that night because I was so worried about him. I was tossing and turning. And, um, I, the second I woke up in the morning, I text him and he didn't answer. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, he's coming down from the drugs or, you know, I don't know, he's mad at me or something, but I was just sad. So I go throughout my day and I, I still didn't hear from him. And I'm thinking like, gosh, you know, it sucks. Like I'm, uh, I didn't know what to do to think. And then, so I go to the store, I get some groceries, come home. It's like six o'clock at night. My phone rings and I'm like, hello. And this lady goes, Sarah, it's, I don't remember her name. Um, your brother, your brother's roommate. She like rented a room out to him. She goes, I just want to let you know that your brother's passed away. And I was like, what? And she's like, your brother's dead. And I was like, no. And she's like, it's all over the news. Do you have the news? And I was like, what? I was in Riverside and they were in San Diego. So I didn't have their news. So I start bawling and I, I run out to my computer that was in the garage and I look up the San Diego news and it was, it was everywhere. And he'd been shot and killed by the police, the San Diego police department. They shot him 14 times and he died at five 30 in the morning in a ditch. <laughs> His car went off into a ravine and he died. But and he they was were, weren't on a pursuit or what was the situation? Yeah. yeah. So It was two days before his birthday also, which his six-year anniversary is in like three weeks from now. He died on August 18th. Um, so my aunt, when he got out of prison, bought him like a 69 Ford truck for $1,800 that was just beat down and needed so much work. And he loved it. He wanted to tinker on it and fix it. He loved that stupid truck. And it was a piece of junk. So... We found out that while he was high, he was working on his truck in the middle of the night. And my husband at the time was a mechanic. So when we went to his house the next day to start packing up his belongings, um, he caught his truck on fire. There was like, like an area that was on fire. And so he was found. So it, literally, if you look up his name on the news, it says someone saw a man at a mechanic shop like complex with a hood up of a truck and a flashlight he was under the hood with a flashlight at five o'clock in the morning and i know he was probably looking for a part for that stupid truck you know yeah. and someone saw him thought he was you know suspicious and called the cops mm -hmm. well he always told me i will he'd say sis i will never go back to prison ever i would rather die so he told me all the time and so I, you know, six months after the police investigation that they put me through hell, they said that they got a call on a suspicious man. They showed up and uh, he put up a fight because he knew he was on drugs and he was on parole and he knew what that meant and he knew he was going to go back to prison. So he ran. They, he was able to run and jump in a cop car and take off in a cop car. Mm. Yeah. Movie so. Scene. When I talk to a lawyer, that's like that's like the number one rule where if you do that, the cops have no rules at that point. They can do anything they want to to stop you because you're a threat to the community. 
So there was, I don't know how many, I know there was at least six officers chasing him, shooting at him. And so that's why he sustained so many shots and that's why he died. And so, um, yeah, so there was basically a chase through the town. They were shooting him and I don't, he's such a Superman cowboy that he actually probably took like 10 bullets before he actually took one to the heart and died. So, um, that was my turning point I can't after I went that. through six months of hell and they kept putting, it was all over the news for months and they were, they were painting him like this demon parolee, you know, and it the was news, so miserable. I read the news, it's such a, an illusion, smoke and mirrors, and they just feed people whatever they want. And they made him look like a scumbag. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, and it was devastating. So every single person I knew was Facebook, like messaging me on Facebook. I had hundreds of messages and they started a GoFundMe page. They helped me cremate him. They helped me do his funeral. It was amazing the amount of like love that was poured out on me, which I seriously needed because yeah. all I was getting from my home was stuff like, good, I hated him. I'm glad he's gone. That's what I was getting told uh, from my husband. And I was no. like, I wanted to like hurt him. You know, it was so wrong. Um, and uh, so, if you allow me, Sarah, if wh when that happened, like you had this big support from the outside world and yeah. at home it was difficult, how receiving this love and support from the outside on a bigger scale helped you finally find the courage to become who you are? So I guess we're coming to the silver lining now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so like, this helped big... me. Yeah, I'll, I would love to share. This yeah. helped me see how short and precious life really is. And that I was wasting my life away, sick and miserable. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that lady that told me that there's no such thing as a white knight that'll rescue you. She's wrong. <laughs> so one of the, one of the boys that was good friends with my brother who I had a crush on in ninth grade, he was one of the people that came out of the woodwork. And I remember, I'll never forget his message was just, Sarah, I love you. And it was more of like a brotherly love. So we started talking every day and he became my like backbone and he was like my strength to get me through it. And it was just friends, you know, cause I'm not the cheating type. And I, you know, even though I hated my husband, I didn't want to like go out with a, like a cheater, you know? Yeah. And I told him that up front because like our second conversation, even though he wasn't, we actually tried to date each other in high school, but he asked my brother if he could date me. My brother said, no, get away from my sister. <laughs> <laughs> so there'd always been feelings between us. And like, even yeah. though life went on, we still would, you know, good old Facebook kept us connected. <laughs> so um, he started catching wind of how miserable I was. And um, he actually started saying things to me. He said one sentence to me that changed my life forever and this is the sentence that I share with my clients and my women nowadays is like where's your life going to be in five years from now if you don't change where's your life going to be in 10 years from now if you don't if you don't change if you don't change something and that that hit me like a ton of bricks because I was like you know getting up there in my 30s and I could picture myself in four in 10 years with my husband and his parents and where that would go. And it was not what I wanted. No, it was a scary scene. And I think that one change of perspective was what helped me make my, my decision up. So remember, I was sick. I had no money. I was broke. 
Okay. So I decided I was going to divorce my husband. I didn't know how, I didn't know how I was going to do any of this, but I did it. I started selling everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sold my juicer, my blender, my bike. Really? Yeah. And I saved up $500 and I started texting any, anyone I knew. And I was like, can I move in? <laughs> can I move in? <laughs> can we my kids move in? And I text this random girl across the street. I barely knew. And she's like, yeah, I got extra room. Move on in. And I'm like, really? Okay, cool. So I literally, I remember this day. It was January 18th, 2017. I walked up to my husband in the garage and I said, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I'm divorcing you. And today is our legal separation day. And he was like, what? No. And I was like, I'm done. So I packed all my things and I called three girlfriends and they moved me across the street. (laughs) 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 It was so weird. The the comedy and the tragedy together. Yeah, right. I moved across the street. So... (laughs) Um, now that I was separated, I felt like it was appropriate timing to be able to start, you know, like exploring, um, my friend. And so we started just dating, um, and, uh, my divorce was really scary and I knew I was so excited. And the first thing I did when I moved out is I, I was like, yes, I'm excited for college. Like I always just wanted all these degrees and I knew I wanted to do something in health and fitness, like health and nutrition, but I didn't know what. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to start. So college really saved me. And I was surrounded by all these incredible social workers that were so sweet. And they're like, you need daycare? We'll help you. You need food? We'll help you. Like you need books? You What do you need, Sarah? Like it was so Little angels around you. Yeah, I was, I was terrified and I was like excited and terrified all at the same time. And so I went through um, six months of being homeless. Basically, I was couch surfing because I only stayed there for a month and she kicked me out to sell her house and I didn't know what to do. And so it got to this really scary point where um, I couldn't find anywhere to go. I was trying to find all these single mom programs and you know, it was like bleak. So the boy I was dating was like, well, you know, you can move in with me and my kids. And I, I, I knew it was a little too soon, but it was either that or be homeless. Yeah. You know? And so I honestly really did see him as the white knight that came in and rescued me Mm -hmm. at the time that I really, truly needed it. And I remember, I wish I could have gone back to that lady and been like, I told you (laughs) (laughs) they're real. (laughs) Yeah. And he really did save me at like that moment where I, I needed to be saved. Yeah. And um, it was interesting because he always shared with me that he didn't know why, but he felt some sort of a divine push to fill that void in my life that he knew I was going to feel from losing my brother because he mm. understood the bond between us. And he actually looks really similar to my brother, similar stature and everything. Interesting. And it was very comforting to have him. Like he knew he needed to to comfort me and it really was. And he was so supportive and sweet. Oh my gosh. He did anything and everything for me and literally like saved me. So after a couple of years of being in regular school, um, I, I couldn't find my avenue. And so um, I looked all over the whole nation with my counselor 
at what I was going to do and graduate. And, you know, even though my degree was in um, health and fitness, it was like, well, what am I going to do? What so was missing was... in this health and fitness? What was too, like general with you? Like you were searching for something more specific and it was uh, too broad, this health and fitness. Yeah. So... Well, I didn't want to be a registered dietitian because I, they teach you all of the government based education. Mm, um, boring. And... <laughs> I mean, well, women with thyroid illness or autoimmune, it just doesn't go. It like, doesn't work. You can't eat gluten. You can't eat dairy. Yeah. And they're trying to teach you on the old school, like, food pyramid that we all learned in, like, first grade. Elementary <laughs> school, yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work for no. women that have thyroid illness. And so I'm like, well, that's not it. And there was, like, there's a lack in the mainstream colleges for like a good nutrition program um, or like, you know, so I found a pod, I was listening to a pod, my favorite podcast is called the model health show with Sean Stevenson. And I was listening to his guest one day, Cynthia Pasquale Garcia. She told her phenomenal story and how she became a coach. And then she started a school called the Tra the Institute for Transformational Nutrition. Hmm. And it was literally like full chills, angels, like clouds open, oh. angels singing. Yeah. <laughs> I found my path. Yeah. And so she was talking about her CTNC program and that it was accredited. And I was like, oh. so I called my counselor and I was like, this is what I'm doing. It's accredited. Add it to my, add it, add it to my plan. So she was delighted. We were both delighted. I signed up. So I was in two schools at the same time. I had 50 hours a week. I was honor roll student. I loved it. And um, this is when I when I found this program, I was like, I, I'm going to be a thyroid coach. Mm -hmm. So during all of this, I started, I had so many symptoms, 25 symptoms. I couldn't eat. I was always stuck on the toilet. It was uh, embarrassing, humiliating. Yeah. It was terrible. And um, my quality of life was still pretty bad, even though energetically I'd been so freed you know, from all that I was, I was very much happier in every mm -hmm. way of my life, except my physical symptoms. So I started guinea pigging myself test after test after test. And I, and I started putting the pieces together of like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And, um, I tried, I dabbled with a couple more doctors, but I was so just sick of doctors at this point that I was like, Ugh. Like, screw you guys and your cost. You never do anything for me. Like, I'm going to fix myself. Yeah. And so I um, I did. I started figuring out all the pieces of why I was sick. And I started putting them together. And it was like every test I got back, I would sob with happiness. Because I was like, it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And then I would, like, experiment with uh, herbs and minerals and fresh juices and smoothies and my my foods and i was doing all this playing trying to like see what made me feel better and one by one it was like all my symptoms started going away Beautiful. and then one day i remember i woke up and i was like i just feel good like, i got feel <laughs> normal you know i'm like my stomach doesn't hurt i feel good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i i knew that i could right? yeah and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. I was like, this is it. I have to teach other women why they're really sick. Because what we're being told by the doctors isn't true. And we are fed so many lies that it's our fault. It's our hormones fault. We're defective. 
our genes are faulty, all these blame tactics on us. And they beat us down. They steal our hope. And they make us feel like we're never going to be able to get better. And we're just stuck on all these crappy medications Mm -hmm. for the rest of our life. But it's not true. Yeah. So that's how I became a certified transformational nutrition coach. And I launched my company, Coach Sarah Joy, a week after lockdown. (laughs) So back in 2020. It was terrifying. I remember sitting on the couch and I was like, well, there goes my career. I was only a weekend. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I was like, dang it. I tried. No, I'm kidding. And then Cynthia, the owner of my school, came out and she gave the most incredible pep talk I'll never forget. And she's like, coaches, we need you more than ever. We're in a freaking health crisis. Like, rise up. Yeah. And I was like, oh. (laughs) So, yeah, I got all my fire um, back in me. And I just, I've gone crazy. I've hit it hard because I have so much experience and passion and drive and education and knowledge and answers Mm -hmm. that don't exist (laughs) and people don't know these things and so it was like i've just come out the gate just like blasting it and i've had a lot of spiritual i'm very i did a lot of energy work Mm -hmm. to go through the grief of my dad dying from prostate cancer within 48 hours when i was 28 and then i had to go through my death of my brother my traumatic death of my brother then I had to do all the healing from my terrible freaking 20-year relationship. And so I I was divinely guided to this incredible Reiki master in San Diego. Her name was Sarah. And I started doing sessions, in-person sessions with her. And I'm like, I just need to heal my grief, you know? And boy, God had a different <laughs> purpose. <laughs> different vision for those sessions for me. And he actually started showing me my future. I've seen my accomplishments in this community and it's a lot. It's, it's very exciting. Some of the things Mm -hmm. I've seen. And one of the things I'll see how this path takes me, but one of the things I saw very vividly I lived through was I was in front of Senate. I was in, I was in Washington DC in front of the Senate committee and I was advocating for better testing for the thyroid community, better diagnostic tests. And I was pointing out, I saw myself with like this table of like media in front of me taking pictures and I was advocating mm. and I've seen myself conducting million women marches like down the streets of oh, San Diego or LA. Right yeah. Like I had this entire plan shown to me i've seen myself being interviewed on mainstream television i've seen myself writing books like it's very overwhelming (laughs) i'm only in year two and a half so i know it's uh i know without a doubt that everything i went through was meant to be so that i could come out and become the person i am because there's so many women that are suffering and being done wrong by the system. And I guess I've been blessed with this strength and this personality to be able to mm-hmm. take on this challenge of helping women worldwide in this fight. And I'm honored and I love what I do every single day. 
And from your experience, do you f do you think like the, the symptoms of thyroid they're more based on emotions or lack of minerals? Like you said, like try different herbs and plants, and is it a combination of everything? Because I I would assume emotions are also a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been able to narrow it down and some women I know it seems a little overwhelming, but I narrowed it down to 10 factors. Mm -hmm. There's about 10 factors that can all come and it's, it's always multi-factored. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have three of the 10, you know, so it's kind of like, just look through this list and see which ones really resonate with you. But yeah, like you said, it's always, there's always a multi-dimensional component to it. There's always, I feel like everyone focuses on the physical symptoms, but from what I've learned, that's last. Like that's, that's the effects mm -hmm. that comes from lack of nutrients, gut infections, pathogen infections in your glands or organs or, um, spiritual illness. You know, that's, that's just the term that I learned for myself. And so we talked we talked talked on that a little bit in our podcast. Um, that goes into the depression, the fear yeah. of thoughts, the negativity. But yeah, like you said, there's always there's always all of them combined. I, I'm I can talk to people now and listen to their symptoms and pinpoint all of them. Mm -hmm. So I definitely have like a like a whole body approach. And recently, um, I had an amazing like. I surrendered to this mission like a long time ago. And it's just this incredible divine chessboard that's always happening. And I, I literally meditate every day and I'm, I say thank you. And I live in awe of what happens to me all the time. This girl, last Friday night, it's 9.30 at night. I'm watching the Umbrella Academy with my daughter about to go to bed and and I get ding on my phone and I'm like, I normally, you know, try to stay off my phone, but I just had a feeling to check it. So it's this girl. It's like, I just found you on TikTok. I see your hair tissue mineral analysis testing. I looked it up. It's exactly what I want. Can I, you know, basically like, can I do a test with you? And I want to coach with you. And I'm like, sure. Awesome. You know, I'd love to. And um, so I send her the, the form. She books a discovery call. We meet the next morning. Yes, she had a lot of symptoms, but what I was hearing was more spiritual, mm -hmm. more spiritual discontent in her life. And um, it was such a blessing because I've been, I've been given a program that I'm supposed to launch and it's, um, it's called the, the thyroid illness mind trap. I this is the first time I've even said it and it's going to be the energetics of thyroid illness exclusive yeah <laughs> you're welcome well prepare yeah i haven't even created this yet it's just i get these i am given these programs that i'm yeah. supposed to do all the time so it's not even built don't <laughs> message me about it i'll get around to it i, I have eight clients it. right now <laughs> yeah, right. Discount already. But <laughs> Promote I'm, it. i know i know i know so first we've done, uh, actually Can you know what from, from grand cardone he would say promote it before creating it so we, you'll have a deadline to actually i think that's a now it's on the podcast you cannot ignore it so I know. people are gonna ask about it and we can we should figure out after the call a deadline to have it launched how many weeks know, how many months you know what's stopping me what is it? Oh, i'm so angry 
um right after like during the lockdowns right up right after i launched my company the first thing i did was set up a facebook group mm -hmm. and i instantly had like 50 women in my group and i was like this is amazing and i'm going live i'm teaching them i got shadow banned out of my own group facebook did me dirty why on my group and i what couldn't was wrong with the group they <laughs> I don't know. I was teaching people about yeah. herbs and alternative Narrative, healing. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was the, that was the thing you heard all the time where doctors are being censored and everyone's being censored. I got censored mm. and my account has been flagged. I can't like that group is still done. Like they do not so allow. What did you learn from that? Then? Facebook shady. <laughs> 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 so I would love a new Facebook group, but I have this yeah. fear that mm -hmm. I'm flagged and I am scared to put all this work and effort into it and then have that happen again because it was heartbreaking and I lost all else. those women. Find some Facebook is not the only way. I'm sure you how people were making business before Facebook. I thought about Telegram because it is like encrypted. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just not as fun. Um, no. I thought about Mighty Networks, the Mighty Networks, which is I could do that. Um, so right now for me as a solopreneur, because everything, I, I have so many clients and I'm so focused on my clients that all these, you know, other things I desire to do are, are hard to yeah. get to. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I haven't launched it yet. But I'm, I know, <laughs> I know the angels are like, Sarah, <laughs> you need to teach everyone to meditate and to really get their thoughts under control because that's really causing a lot of illness right now, like extra illness with the stress of the world and everything. So, yeah. And when, I know. Uh, when people have a hard time being grateful for their life, how can you start to have just little moments of appreciation when you're not used to, like, for example, you had so much drama, trauma and bad stuff. In such moments, how can you just come back to the center in the middle in the present and start to see little miracles around you? Because that's something I practice for myself every day. Like if there's a hard yeah. time, just what are the hidden blessings behind that? And it took me years to be good at it, but now I think it's getting faster and faster. So I'm, I'm a big awesome. fan. Of, I use a gratitude journal and meditation and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very important for me every day. Yeah. And I was taking a walk earlier today and you know, I was in my neighborhood and I realized how I was judging my neighborhood as being boring or polluted or traffic. And I was speaking with another of my future guests for the podcast. And he said, Anthony, find inspiration in your neighborhood. Don't yeah. let the neighborhood dictate how you feel. Find the inspiration. Ask for it and you will find it. I went for a walk, 45 minutes. I went to different streets. I discovered new parks, a stadium, beautiful babies centenary Aww. trees i saw a big building I was thinking maybe i can write to the ceo of this building and have a podcast with him like just amazing ideas just free flowing because i was open to it nature was there birds trees flowers I'm like why yeah. was i judging so much my environment it was just in my mind there was nothing wrong yeah. with the environment nothing like and you make your the reflection of your environment, vice versa. The inner state will mm -hmm. dictate the outside reality. So how can you help people just get started on having this appreciation and gratitude um, attitude? 
I love that. And that was one of the things that I had to teach myself too, because I, looking back, I realized that I was, I was just so angry and hateful towards everything too. And I took everything for granted and it made me just have such a pity self, like just, ugh, I loathed everything. And, um, I, you have to start small. Yeah. Like for me, I would just go out on the porch and I'd watch the sunset and I would just appreciate the sunset and just these, just, just being able to allow yourself to be in one 15 minute moment of appreciation or awe feels so good. It, it's a shift in your nervous system. You feel a downshift from the stress and chaos and all of the worries of life. So you're just in this moment of like, wow. And so that was where I started. And then I had to, as I started to realize that my thoughts and my words matter significantly. And I think it was Dr. Bruce Lipton who coined the term epigenetics. Mm -hmm. He, I think he described our cells as like, I imagine like little minions, you know, the movie (laughs) minions. Okay. So our whole body is like these little minions inside of us. And they're like, yay, we love you. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. And like anything we say, they react to and you know how they're super reactive like either way so it's like so if you're sitting here thinking i hate my body i i have no energy and and you're just spewing hate at them right they feel that and what would they do oh and it would be so sad right and like they're not working as fast and they're not all excited Mm -hmm. but if you flip that into like you guys are so awesome Thank you so much for all your hard work. And I know you love me and you're fighting for me and you're protecting me all day long, every day. I love you. What would they do? Get excited. Yeah, they would celebrate, it's right? A beautiful image. I love this. Ah, we love you. And they're like working fast and like yeah. they're protecting us. So it's like you're fighting ninjas, you're ninja like minions <laughs> fighting you from the bacteria that are trying to make you sick or whatever. Yeah. And so once I started looking at my body like that, uh, really changed the way I talk to myself. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you're sick, you develop this identity of sickness. It becomes who you are. And for me, I was sick for a decade. So it was really easy to like reverse my physical symptoms, but it was really hard. And it took years to reverse my spiritual, emotional, mental health mm-hmm. um, away from sick Sarah, that version of me. And so I had to first recognize, um, I had to start telling my body I loved my body and I had to be grateful for my body. So it was like I would, my so my affirmations still, but more so then when I was really working on it was like, I love my thyroid. I love my immune system. And I know they love me. Mm. I love my body. I'm grateful for my feet. And I'm thankful that I can walk. And like the days I had energy, it was like, 
I would just praise my body. Thank you so much for the energy I have today. I feel so great, you know? And so you just have to be very mindful and talk to yourself nicer and in more gratitude. And so for me, because my body was such a focus, that's where I started with my gratitude. And then as the years have gone on, I've been in reverse or remission is what they call it um, for almost six years now. Mm-hmm. So, um, so a lot of that has shifted now into my external. And so now one of my practices for I get up, I make my celery juice, I go sit in my backyard, and I'm the first thing I do is go in the sun. I the sun for me is a um sh- is a source of strength, happiness, and comfort. And so um I'll sit in the sun and I'll close my eyes and I'll thank the sun. I'll thank it. Thank you. I we love the sun. <laughs> And then I think the birds and then I think I'm thankful for the trees. And then I, so I'll, I'll just go through my life. Yeah. Thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for, you know, my clothes, my food, like all the little things that we take for granted. Absolutely. And that just alone makes you feel better. And that's the best place to start. Yeah. It's beautiful. And, you know, sometimes I had this situation, like I was feeling drained and I was, I was thinking, okay, I'm just going to take 15 minutes to write in my gratitude journal, whatever mm-hmm. comes to my mind. And it's not a stimulant, it's not a caffeine, it's not something jittery, just like you will feel present, you will feel better energy, more integrated, more aware of your environment, and you just feel better, as you said. I I, I don't think it's possible to stay in this state 24-7, of course, like we grow from hardship and uh, setbacks and it's just normal we need that also to grow yeah, like a bad surprise but if you don't have that you will just stay who you are so when you're grateful for what you have yes you will receive more of what you want that's true but when you don't have what you want don't dwell on what you don't have still look at what you have right now if you want more money say thank you for the 100 bucks you have and what you can do with it the food you can buy, the internet you can pay or whatever, yeah? And I know you told me once uh, in our first call, like you were in a bad situation financially and you just, three days where you were taking walks and just saying thank you and you manifested a new client for the price of a big bill you had to pay. So that's a good example of what's possible mm-hmm. without sounding too woo-woo and just like, oh, it's a law of attraction. It is if you take action, but there's also a mix of, reception and proactivity if you're just proactive and you're just busy but you're disaligned then you will maybe get result but not what you want and if you just you're grateful but you're not moving then there's the lack of fair exchange and am i providing a service to somebody to receive money or receive whatever i want to receive yeah so beautiful universal laws here uh, I'm going to oh, speak about this with yeah. other experts in the next uh, couple of weeks also on the call. Yeah, I, I highly study the laws and I use them in full effect in my life now. I'm very grateful that I've learned that knowledge because it really does help with healing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza? He's saying when you start to be grateful for your body, that's when you start to heal, literally. The moment yeah. you start to say, and I think, well, with the minion story, it's perfect. Like, instead of saying of waiting for the healing to be grateful be grateful 
and the body will start to heal. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of women online that because they're so sick and I, I'm not judging them because I was the same way. I remember that six month, six months I was on disability. I would lay in bed having panic attacks. I was alone <laughs> having panic attacks, no reason to. And I would just cry and I would thrash around in my bed and I was so un unhappy and I just desperately wanted someone to talk to anyone that could relate to what I was going through. I felt like I was just all alone. And, um, I just hated myself and I would say, hate you thyroid. And I, mm. I, I decided I'm going to make a blog. And I, literally this is like a week before I found out my brother was dead. Um, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to write a blog. And I named it. I actually got on the internet. I, I forget what it was. I started it and I named it. I hate my thyroid. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Vibration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the things um, I haven't posted one in a while now, but one of the things I started doing when I started my company was just making gifts that said, I love my thyroid and posting them because it's so opposite of what everyone says, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so there's this just general disdain for and hatred towards that gland. And what people don't understand is it's a part of the endocrine system. That system that your thyroid is a part of is the main system that makes women work. You know, yeah. it goes into your production, your productive, yeah. uh -huh. reproductive system, fertility, um, your adrenals, like everything. I mean, outside of that is basically your digestion, you know, and your limbs. Mm -hmm. Like it is the main core system women have and you need to love it and understand it. And, you know, so one of my divine, um, I was making a reel one day on this. I was talking about this and like the angels just came through and, and, and showed me something and I was blown away and I made a reel the best I could. I wish I could make it better, <clears throat> but I did a side by side. So I was looking at pictures of the endocrine system. So it's like pituitary, hypothalamus, thyroid goes down into your, your adrenals um, and then your reproductive, right? And then I was shown in my mind a picture to look at the chakras. Mm -hmm. So I put the endocrines and the chakras next to each other. They match. Wow. I know. And I was like, this Ooh, is juicy. huge. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I've been, oh, I got full body chills. So yeah, that's why I definitely <clears throat> am feeling more called to step into the, the spiritual energetics of like thyroid illness i mean i i, I talk a lot <laughs> like obsessed with talking about root causes and right now uh -huh. um <clears throat> right now i'm helping women with my gut test and my hair tissue mineral analysis these are selling like crazy because they actually give you answers mm -hmm. to why you're sick and so not only are we finding answers to why they have their symptoms but then i put together specific protocols for them for their body and then coach them through it so they can start recovering their health and that's exactly what they need that's and that's what they desire it's what i wanted so yeah. bad and it's just it's void in the world you know and so it's such a i can't tell you how many times i cry i have these emotions with women i live through their lives because i know how it feels so much and i 
I cry with them. I celebrate with them and hearing them say, wow, I feel so validated, you know, cause they're like, oh, my symptoms make so much sense. I'm like, I mm. swear you're not just crazy. You are copper toxic. And they're like, wow, <laughs> mm. it's amazing. It's such the a blessing. Yeah. The body has such a, a wisdom on. and you know, I think for you, like what will be interesting in the future is yes, you're doing what you're doing right now, but if you can coach the coaches and show to other women who are inspired to do the same, because you will never be able to do this alone. The I world know. is huge and it's a big issue in society. Uh, so I see that for you, like a, a big expansion, maybe like a licensee program or something to expand and have minions, inspired minions in a team that you can like, help and you see them grow and they will be fulfilled and more money too. And everybody's going to be in this win-win exchange. So yeah. Do you have any that. kind of that in the next uh, few years? Yeah. I have already thought about training other, yeah, training other sense. women to work with me for sure. Yeah. Cause I, although I want to heal all women in the world and you're right, I can't, I can't do it by myself. So I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to expand. I, I've already seen it. Yeah. I've already seen everything. And it's, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I journal my goals every day. I journal mm -hmm. my visions. I journal my desires and how I want to serve. And I know it's all going to happen. I know I'm going to make my documentary. I know I'm going to write my five books. <laughs> I know I'm going to change laws. I know I'm going to have incredible merch. <laughs> you know, <like> so <laughs> much stuff. Yeah, but I, it just is in the books. It's there. It's yeah, uh, you like, saw it. It's going to happen. So I know that I, I'm just trying to live in patience and do the best I can right now. And I'm like calling in my assistants and my employees and you know the money that I need in order to change the world and help. And it's coming. I'm just going to you know I I I feel right now I'm being refined. Yeah. I feel right now I just went through a massive life transformation. I actually left, I left my boyfriend that I was with for five and a half years. And, mm -hmm. um, I moved from San Diego. Oh, I miss it. I moved from San Diego to Utah and, um, I feel I moved in, I felt called to move into my mom's because it was like this whole tear down of my life was happening. I have, I just, I literally just walked away from everyone and everything and I've been being rebuilt and I know I'm being rebuilt into the, that her, her, that's going to go do all of that. And I can feel it daily. And I know that's why I was guided into grants program. Yeah. I'm guided. I work with a spiritual coach. It's like, I'm meeting new people like you every day who are more aligned with me and my mission mm -hmm. And it's just all happening, baby steps. <laughs> oh, thank you for being here. It's really a pleasure to have you. It's already our third talk together and always like so captivating to just spend this time and uh, educate people. It's really a blessing. So we're about to finish, Sarah. I would like to ask you one last question before we go. Yeah. So this is my last question for everybody on the show. If you see yourself five years from now, 2027, and people will look back at your episode and listen to it. What you want them to remember from your from your appearance on the show? Like, what is your essence, your wisdom that maybe a short sentence or a short thing that will explain what you have to give? And that if people just close this episode, they say, 
that just made my day. Thank you so much. And they can go and live your life in a beautiful, inspired way. It's a big, I know I should have no told pressure. you before. <laughs> yeah, just like the, the, the bar is here. And I, I should have told you before because I, I usually sit with my other guests uh, on the prep call, but I forgot to tell you, I'm sorry. So just <laughs> listen fine. to your heart and speak. And it will be the last question for today. Oh, Anthony, you're so cute. Um, you know, my message is always going to be the same forever. It's you can heal. You are not sick forever and you can heal. It is not something you can do overnight. It takes time. It takes diligence, but it is possible. And I don't want anyone feeling like they're just doomed and screwed and they have to live and get used to this life of daily agony and symptoms and they feel forced to make that their new normal because uh, the medical systems don't have the answers for them. Um, that's There's always an underlying reason why you're sick. There's always physiological reasons. Um, but beyond that, there's always something that your illness or your symptoms are trying to teach you. Mm-hmm. There's a silver lining to everything and there's a lesson that you need to learn. And you might not be ready now to to look around and step outside of your situation and learn that lesson, but just know it's there and at some point it's going to come to you. Um, So whether it's that you're in a bad relationship and you need to leave or you're in a bad job and a bad job environment you need to leave or for some sort of a change that's calling for you to up level yourself so that you can find your gratitude and your happiness and your appreciation and your love for yourself again. So was that, did that live up to your your expectation? And I would say again, thank you for your uh, vulnerability on the beginning of the show, because I think the first part, your story was very touching. And I I guess people who like long episodes will, will be (laughs) sucked into your story. I know I will make clips of all of that, but just people who like long show like me, they will just listen to she's been through this and now she's like this. Oh my God, that's amazing. So thank you, Anthony. Where can people can uh, find you online? How do we connect with you the best way if we want to know about your programs, about your coaching, about your tests? And uh, yeah. Yeah. And your show also, your podcast too. Yeah. Yes. So I have a podcast called Thursday Thyroid Talks. It's on Spotify, Apple, all platforms. Um, like, you know, uh, I I film it live on Instagram, my Instagram page, so you can watch it live there. I also put it on my YouTube page. Um, I have my YouTube page as well. Very informative um, educational videos on there. And it's just simply Coach Share Joy, but I I mainly live on Instagram. <laughs> you know, I always do my stories, and um, that's my home. But sometimes I branch out when I'm feeling brave, and I go to TikTok. <laughs> and um, but my website is CoachSareJoy.com, and I do have some freebies for your listeners. Um, if you join my email, then I do have a PDF that you can get instant access to called six things I wish I would have been told after I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. 
and there's some good juicy truth bombs in there for you guys. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you will automatically get a, one video every day of my five-day video series called For Greater Peace and Higher Energy. Hmm. And it's like 10 to 15-minute uh, video clips that of like practical tools that you can use every day, some like breathing techniques and um, just little ideas to help you guys out to be able to feel better instantly. And then obviously once you're on my email list, you'll get um, information on my programs and I send out all kinds of weird things. Like the other day I did like my three favorite things right now, you know, told them about my <laughs> eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. You know, because I, I like to be transparent and just share all of me, you know. Yeah. And, We're going to uh, put all the links in the description for sure so people can join connect like do whatever they want and uh, yeah so right yeah. now i offer the vaginal biome test for anyone that's suffering with like yeast infections or bladder infections mm -hmm. i have the gut restoration program um i have the hair tissue mineral analysis and then i have my six month one-on-one -on -one coaching called total thyroid transformation where they have um it's it's a very intense program but you will be a different woman when you come out mm -hmm. of it which I is imagine. I which is what you would want I would yeah. you know I would think um so yeah that's a that's really fun and I really pour so much into my clients they're like my best friends so cool thank you so much right. Anthony this was wonderful I love your demeanor yeah. you're very um you're very calming and easy to open up to thank you so much you know I when I, I get my inspiration from Lewis House and Tom Bilyeu on YouTube I think these guys are very present with their guests and they don't interrupt joe rogan also is the same i i see those giants and i'm like i want to be like them but i know there's a part of me that is already like them and just mm -hmm. to to speak and listen in a way that people will feel comfortable understood leave them speak don't interrupt and everything will be smooth and thank you for your time for your energy mm -hmm. so on my side guys you can follow me on facebook instagram LinkedIn, Anthony Rivet, or Your Brother's Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram too. Uh, thank you so much for your time. If you want to support me financially for this project, you can click on the Patreon link, link below. If you want to make a donation of any dollars, it will be appreciated for the next uh, guest. Maybe we can invite bigger names with your help. So thank you so much, and I will see you next time. Sarah, you're the best. Thank, thank you so you. much. Okay, bye-bye.